1: Now, the families of severely epileptic children have held a protest criticising the NHS for failing to prescribe medical cannabis. This is something we've been hearing about on this programme for a number of years now. I want to speak to Robin Emerson, who knows exactly what he's talking about because he is the father in one of the families. Uh, Robin, good morning. Morning, Frank. Uh, Robin, just remind us of the current position with regards to the medical cannabis and the impact it's having on your family and particularly on your daughter.
2: Well, Georgia was born, um, she's coming for actually next week, and she was born with a rare chromosome deletion. And from that chromosome deletion, she has a severe form of epilepsy. Um, Unfortunately, Georgia was in and out of hospital every week. It was 999 calls. Um, She was in intensive care twice in uh, Royal Victoria, where they actually told us to take Georgia home to die. That there was nothing more they could do for her, Um, which set me on my road of understanding um, about medical cannabis. Um, We first came across it in Boston Children's Hospital that we'd sent um, Georgia's referral notes to. Um, that had looked at it and come back this to tell us that Georgia wasn't dying and that she simply needed to get her seizures under control. So fast forward, Frank, to um, after all the uh, protests, all the different um, a couple of high-profile cases that happened last year and the legalization of medical cannabis in November 2018. Um, Georgia then got her became actually the first child in the United Kingdom to get a legal prescription um, for medical cannabis. But unfortunately, that prescription was a private prescription. And um, we are now over a year later, and there has been no NHS prescriptions made since the law changed, and we still cannot get an NHS prescription for Georgia.
1: As it is a private prescription, there is a financial hurdle that has to be jumped. Who's jumping that? Are you paying some or all of that yourself, or are you getting some understanding from one of the major drugs companies?
2: I was paying for it all myself. It was costing over £2,000 a month. Um, they know either one of the drugs companies has now stepped in to fund her medication um, in the short term um, but I still have to, I can't even actually get that sent to Northern Ireland, I have to go to London each month to collect that medication um, with flights and expenditure etc across for that um, but the, the, the company has been very good in helping but unfortunately they have stated you know this is only on a short term basis so we can get the Sorted. Yeah,
1: this is a company called Afria, I think is the, is the proper pronunciation of the, That's correct. The, the name. Now, they're a godsend in the short term for you, but it's still an incredible expense with the travel and the hassle. Any of us have ever had to go down to the chemist to pick up constant medication for a youngster finds it inconvenient. What you're doing is is beyond is beyond belief. Now, you have been lobbying our health minister... Uh, any chance of knocking at the right door, or is Matthew Hancock's door more likely to be the door that you should be rapping?
2: Well, I've been I've been working for a number of months now, back and forth um, with Westminster, um, meeting a lot of MPs, different delegates, who have actually been very, very supportive. Um, Gavin Robinson has been very supportive and working strong and supporting. Um, George's case and has spoken about it many times within the chamber. Um, Simon Hoare, who's the chair of the Northern Ireland Select Committee, has also been very supportive and has been pushing Matt Hancock to try and sit down and get a solution. Um, but yesterday, I had arranged a meeting with the Health Minister for Northern Ireland, um, Robin Swann, and unfortunately, the the meeting didn't go too well. Um, he didn't really have any any solutions, any suggestions on where we are. Um, my, what I wanted to do was um, have my GP prescribed for Georgia um, with a sign-off from the specialist. And as far as I was concerned, that is legal to do that. It is done for other drugs, etc. And there's actually um, the well-known case of the child Alfie Dingley. Um, in the media in England, um, that is how Alfie gets his prescription and has done for the past year is um, via his GP with a sign off from a private specialist clinician. Um, but I was told yesterday by the health minister that would be illegal and that would and that prescription wouldn't stand. Um, so I was shocked at, uh, at that um, when when of course that prescription is happening in England. Um, so i couldn't understand you know the reason behind that. I also asked them then, could he look at the framework and the legal and take legal guidance on this, and he informed me that they can't, and they won't take any legal guidance on anything until the court case is finished off uh young Billy Caldwell in northern Ireland um I explained him in that, that court case as far as was reported in the media is on hold at the moment um, as they look to have a doctor who may be willing to prescribe in England but is looking for OKs etc. from his trust, um, but that is on, on hold until May and it's almost just be totally unrealistic to expect that uh, myself and every other adult and, and child across the Northern Ireland should wait until that, that case is finished. For him to take any legal perspective on, on how um, he can help and how the situation can move forward. Do you? And then, to be honest, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead,
1: Frank. No, I was going to say, but do, guess, do, do you think it's down to cost or is it down to legal
2: doubt? It's, it's it's down to down to legal doubt definitely on where it is because the cost the cost was an excuse Even even. Um, when Matt Hancock mentioned it there um, last week on BBC Breakfast, he was being interviewed and he he came across and he said, with oh, the cost, the cost is not an issue because the cost analysis have been done. And, uh, you know, you take George's manufacturer, for example, they are more than willing to meet any cost that the NHS has in place. They are willing to sit down and come well within line of any other medications. That is being prescribed. So cost is not an issue. It is simply down to the bureaucracy that is that is in with the the um the, the whole system. And you know, the, the health minister actually came off with the absolutely worse statement, than that which I couldn't understand was he actually told me that I would be in a much better place if devolution wasn't in place and if Stormont wasn't restored, and it would be much better if we were just under direct rule.
1: So yeah, but it, maybe that maybe that's a, maybe that's a, a point on you know if Matt Hancock, the health secretary at Westminster, if if if, if he was handling it directly. There might it might be speedier. It, it might be fast tracked. I, I I I get the sense that here in Northern Ireland they're going to be very slow to do anything because it's like slow, gentle first steps for uh, for a, a, a new government that doesn't really seem to know what way it's going.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's the same right across the UK. Frank. there's no movement at all anywhere. There hasn't been a prescription written on the NHS right across the UK in this. You know, I was speaking to a mother yesterday who's actually in a very similar situation because um, she's from Scotland, and they have a devolved institution as well. And Matt Hancock has written letters to... And to her, and he wrote a letter to Gavin Robinson to say that this is a devolved issue and it is up to the health minister to resolve these issues locally. That the UK government have done their bit, they passed the law and they made it legal and it's up to each institution to implement it as they see fit. And, and that's obviously why I had the meeting yesterday with the health minister who is now batting that back to Westminster and saying that, no, it's a, it's a Westminster issue. You know, it's it's this legality around um, saying whether a GP can prescribe. Neither Westminster or our local government can say how it is illegal for a GP not to prescribe. Nobody can. Um, I have asked several times for the government to come forward and produce that bit of evidence, come forward with that legal legislation that tells me that a GP cannot prescribe medical cannabis. And to date, nobody can do that. All they can point to is a guideline, uh, which is only a guideline, it's nothing to do with law, that says that a specialist, um, it must be a specialist clinician who signs that off, or who prescribes that, but it also says in that same bit of paper on that guideline, that a specialist can also direct another doctor to prescribe which is what I am trying to get done because my GP is willing to prescribe that medication for Georgia. And so is a lot of other people's GPs across the UK, and that would enable this access to open up um, onto the NHS. Still within our working framework, still um, not not being on the holistic, still working within our tight framework of, of being supervised, etc., by the specialist and by the expertise that is in place. Um, but the problem is, is nobody even wants to come and meet you halfway. They don't even want to come and say, well, let's let's see how we can get a solution to this process. And the thing that really baffles me, Frank, is there's a prescription in place in England through a GP on the NHS for over a year now, yet nobody else can get access. How is that right? How can that prescription be there and be in place for one child but nobody else can have it. It makes no sense.
1: It must be incredibly, just briefly, uh, Robin, it must be incredibly frustrating for you at a personal level as George's dad.
2: It is, it's it's, it's extremely frustrating. It's uh, it's hurtful, it's everything when we've come this far in the journey to be um, stopped at the last hurdle where you know pe- people are just being unhelpful, to be honest, where they won't sit down and 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 let's find a solution let's set a time frame and say let's get a solution we have to be able to get a solution within the next four weeks or whatever and 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 sit down and talk to the the legal teams talk to the representatives to simply say no is just beyond belief you know Georgia's on her medication now got over a year um prescribed and and she is thriving from a child that couldn't lift their head off a pillow fight she is now going to school. Everybody from her normal paediatricians in the Ulster hospital to her school cannot believe that they write it all down in the reports. They cannot believe it's the same child. That George is thriving. She's really pushing forward. She's started now private physio to really bring forward her curve because she's doing so well. Things that she's been unable to do before. She's now being able to do, and she's most importantly, Frank. She's living a life. She's smiling. She's happy, like a child should. And there's no no government's right to turn around and say, "Well, no, we we can't do this because the the horse is already bolted. She's already getting her medication. It's already working. And this is now down the funding issue.
1: It's a very very strong point, or series of strong points that you make, Robin. I um, appreciate you taking time out to talk to us this morning. Thank you for coming on. No problem, Frank. Thank you. And regards to Georgia, uh, who's not at school today because she has a midterm break. Right, uh, we're coming up on 20 past nine. Good morning.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,
1: We were talking about medical cannabis earlier in the programme and I want to speak to Anna Deb from KRW Law. Anna Reg, good morning. Hi, good morning. Very much representing Billy and the whole issue around Billy Caldwell. that has been on and off this programme for the best part of, I would say, three years or more now. Reference was made to it, indeed, that case by Robin Emerson, George's father, Earlier in this in this hour, where exactly are we with the legal issues around the medical cannabis?
3: So, um, at the minute, uh, as you have heard before, the prescription of medical cannabis uh, is still difficult to obtain, um, and a lot of that is really down to there being some impediments in the actual medical research um, for the effectiveness of medicinal cannabis. There simply isn't a great deal of the necessary randomized control trials, which are the sort of gold standard uh, for any effectiveness research into drugs. Um, And there isn't, as a result, uh, a sort of mainstreaming of medicinal cannabis prescriptions through the health service, for example. So the legal position really is that it's a case-by-case basis, that the law allows for these prescriptions to be uh, written or directed by a specialist consultant, but it hasn't yet been mainstreamed shall we say.
1: And do you have hope that it will be mainstreamed in the foreseeable future for the like of little Georgia who we heard about earlier and other people who who really do benefit from it if they could just get it on a regular basis?
3: Absolutely. I mean, um, I do know that uh, there are dozens of randomized control, control trials uh, that are currently Uh, in the process of being um, conducted. Uh, The only unfortunate thing is these do take time. I mean, the Health and Social Care Committee in Parliament, for example, threw its weight behind um, having more of these trials. Uh, These have been discussed in the medical circles for quite some time. Uh, So I'm very hopeful that it will be, the research at least, will be to the point where people are more comfortable in terms of long-term effects, uh, particularly of the sort of Main psychoactive ingredient in cannabis, um, and they're more comfortable in a position to prescribe and to mainstream this for anybody, you know, Uh, not just the vulnerable children, but also any patient who needs it.
1: It is incredible that private doctors can prescribe it and the fee has to obviously be met by the person receiving it or a representative of their family but NHS doctors who are prepared
3: to prescribe it can't It's a sort of complicated thing uh, with the NHS well it's a complicated thing really with any um, consultant, any uh, clinician, it's a matter for their clinical judgement but also because the health service um, has to undergo its own sort of compliance checks and uh, follow its own uh, prescription guidelines and so on, Mm -hmm. Um, it's a slightly more nuanced decision-making process, I suppose, Mm -hmm. whereas private consultants do have the freedom of, if you can meet the funding and they're clinically happy to prescribe it, then it's fine.
1: How long do you think it may take for the likes of Robin Emerson who who I heard from earlier to get everything that he that he needs as smoothly as he wants it
3: well I'm hopeful that uh, the research will be in a position in the next sort of slightly more than a year but in terms of where we need to be in the short to medium term is that there needs to be sort of greater awareness that on a case-by-case basis, if a clinician is happy to prescribe, that clinical judgment should be the uh, important factor. And so there needs to be greater, I suppose, engagement with that freedom the law allows. So in the short term, hopefully more clinicians are um, prepared to make that case. And so if we're talking about a structural gateway into mainstreaming uh, cannabis prescriptions, then that might be a longer-term uh, issue.
1: It's certainly not going to happen overnight. really appreciate the insight uh, to it from your team at KRW Law. Rick, th- thanks for coming on. Thank you.
3: Thank you so much.
1: It's a pleasure. That's uh, Anne Wright, who's part of the the legal uh, team working uh, closely to closely with uh, Billy Caldwell's uh, family. Good
4: morning, Karen. Good morning. Frank.
1: Yes, Karen. Why why did you why did you call?
4: Um, just listening to the the cannabis uh, interview there. I was at the Lance Northern Ireland, with uh, Fibromyalgia Support NI there on Tuesday night in the Culloden Hotel. Um. It's just basically to say I obviously don't take cannabis, but um I do take uh cannabis oil, five hundred milligrams, uh three six five and use their thermobam as well. And the ability to cope with everyday life with having fibromyalgia is really debilitating. But um using this oil and these thermobams is absolutely fantastic.
1: When you say you take the oil, what's the other thing <laughs> you take?
4: I don't take it. It's a bomb, Frank. It's A, a bomb, right. Okay. Or a bomb. It's like a heat bomb. Okay, yeah. Uh, so when I'm having really specific pain, say on my shoulders or knees or hands or, you know, where there's specific pain, fibromyalgia is pain all over, but some days you're in really specific pain in a certain area of your body. So I would use that. The CBD oil is an absolute minefield. Uh, You can buy CBD oil practically anywhere. But what they were saying on Tuesday night there was that um, sometimes you buy these products, there's no CBD in it at all. Um, So I use a product called 365 CBD. I take the 500 milligrams. I take it three times a day. I've been on Tramadol, Lyrica, Cocodamol, 500 over, 30 over 500. And I don't want to feel high. I don't want to feel tired. I want to feel normal. I just want to go about my daily business and feel normal. And this CBD oil and the Thermobal helps me do that. It's an absolutely fantastic product. It's from Colorado, a company in Colorado. They have just opened their uh, UK base here at Boucher Road, Belfast. And, uh,
1: and is it basically it a noil that is cannabis that doesn't give you any high?
4: No, there's no there's no high in it at all. There's no high in it at all. It's and just you find
1: competing. it beneficial for pain relief generally?
4: Pain relief, anxiety, the depression, the mood lifts. It helps me with the daily function. It helps me with my range. Of motion. There was a girl uh, Liz talking about her arthritis as well and she's taken it as well. Uh, she was talking there on Tuesday evening and she just says the benefits of it is absolutely fantastic.
1: It is interesting. I've heard people relate to it before on on the programme. Thank you for that, Karen. I am, I am out of time but if it's relieving pain it's got to get some consideration, doesn't it?